Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, where every other week we take a look at another piece of content on that, their Disney Plus streaming service, except for this week where we're talking about a movie that's not coming to Disney Plus for like 90 days. What the fuck? I no, it's, am, it's coming in October. October? We had to. Still, too late. Too. Yeah. <laughs> too late. We'll get to that. That's, a, that's an entire segment of this show probably anyways i'm your host griffin Tadell, griffy d pat with me as always is my co-host mr mitch george mitch hello hey howdy hey on a scale from one to ten excite this comes just outside of my top 10 mcu films this is going to be a great one to talk about and with us to talk about marvel yet again kale how's it going i'm doing swell this is this is gonna be fun. We uh, we you know we talked Marvel a few times on the show, a few dozen times. It feels like we're doing a weekly Marvel series right now. This was this feels honestly like the first major new phase of Marvel movie. Like Black Widow yeah. existed and happened. It was awesome. I loved Black it, Widow. It should have come out five years ago. Yeah, and it, it's like deeply rooted in like the last phase. Like it is, it takes place in the last phase. This is our first seeing of what's next, and oh my god, I was so happy when I left the theater. How about you guys? Yeah, it's convenience is great. Yeah, we should probably. <laughs> I say I say that because Star Simu Liu, uh, very well known for his supporting role in Kim's Convenience, Canadian-made show, Mississauga's very own Simu Liu, rep in Canada. You gotta love seeing more MCU uh, Canadian representation. There's a lot of it, more than you'd think, surprisingly. Um, and seeing him take on this role and really, you know, the comedy came through. The action was great. Uh, Tony Lung, holy crap. We're going to get into it. But his performance as uh, Wen Wu is something very special when it comes to MCU villains. And I, yeah, start to finish. Great movie. Great soundtrack. Great music. Great. The best use of a licensed song to end a film in the history of the MCU. I don't care what you say about Guardians. It's the oh, best yeah, well, yes. ever been right here. Are, wait, are you so talking about the credits movie. or are you talking about the post credits? I don't want to spoil anything yet, but it is the best <laughs> use of a licensed song in Marvel credit history. Okay, you're talking about that the for now. Scene. Yeah, yeah um, 100% I am. Okay. Kale, what, Kale what, do you, what do you think of this movie? Um, so I only know Simu Liu from the show Nora from Queens, where he plays Aquafina's uh, hot grandpa from the past. And he falls in love with young grandma. It's the, the it's a whole thing on that show, which was hilarious. But anyways, um, I enjoyed this film so much. Just like it was like <clears throat> to compare it to another comparable or not comparable, but another big action movie that came out that uh, looked like garbage, which was F9. Like all the fight scenes were well choreographed and well shot. And excuse think, you, we do not tolerate Fast and Furious slander on this podcast. But he's not Look, wrong. They're, they're, they're not wrong about that. It's like it, you're not yeah, wrong, I mean, but you don't have to say it. I mean, com- coming from Hobbs and Shaw, where they literally got the director of John Wick to do some great action scenes into whatever the fuck F9 was. Um, just like, anyways, that's this is not a fast podcast. 
But like, not yeah, yet, just like least. there's some group. Yeah, he's just, just got to buy Universal, and then we're all over it. Well, when Peacock fails, uh, something. exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I... but yes. So it, it was like one of my. Uh, it was. It's definitely one of the best movies of this year so far. It did so well in theaters that Sony is bumping Venom: Let There Be Carnage up two weeks, and it's coming out October first. Not only is it so, so good, it is literally it. the the highest grossing. Like, I think it was it's Labor Day, La- Labor Day weekend, opening Labor Day weekend opening, time. like yeah. that during Wait, COVID. Yeah, Damn, that is crazy. Like everyone has been talking because Marvel hasn't exactly promoted this film very well, and there was the whole thing with Chapek saying like this is going to be an experiment, yada yada yada. Fuck you, Bob Chapek. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, I'm just coming out the gate ready to fight today for uh, some reason. Just fucking swinging, no, I mean, bro. You, you can almost look at this in terms of representation. This is the first time we've gotten an Asian American led. MCU or superhero film for that matter. And I think that community came out in a similar fashion to what we saw in terms of representation from, I mean, I feel like I talk about Chadwick Boseman every week on the show, but Chadwick's performance as Black Panther had a similar sort of social uh, commentary around the release of that film and brought people out to theaters. And I feel like this is doing something very similar for Asian representation in film. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, and then, you know, he was in civil war. So he he had like at least Chadwick Boseman had like he was like you knew of him before or you knew of Black Panther before coming before it came out. This just it just drops and is the best. It is this is the best solo introduction to a character since the original Iron Man film in the MCU. Yes, I stand by that. Yeah, I would agree. Honestly, I I think this one is even better than Iron Man. Even an even better introduction to a character than Iron Man. But I love Shang-Chi so much, both in terms of just this movie being amazing, but this character being awesome, too. It's weird where, like, most of the characters we have in, ter- in the MCU range from either being, like, older, you know, 30s, late 30s, or however old Doctor Strange is at this point. I don't know. Um, 70,000. 70,322 or something. Like, yeah. no, sorry, that's one. Um, or you know, par- Peter Parker, who's really low, really not really really young. This is the first time <laughs> we've had like a twenty-something-year-old superhero in the MCU. Uh, uh, just to yeah. make this worse for you, Simu Liu was actually born in eighty-nine, so he's in his thirties. No. But they, yeah. they write it no, off as like that, a mid-twenties character. That was the one problem I yeah. had. Yeah, when when they said he's like twenty-five, I was like, that dude's clearly in his thirties. I mean, he looked good. But that dude's clearly in his thirties. Look, I'm I'm willing to look past it because they got all the mannerisms right. Literally, just the entire Sean Katie relationship at the beginning of everything, which them in that bar, it's mm-hmm. it's all so perfect. I think. Yeah. I don't think we can talk more about this film without spoiling it. Do you guys? Go see this movie, and um, if you haven't already, watch Kim's Convenience, which he is all, Simu Liu also stars in because it's really, really funny. I, I don't know where it is in the U.S., but it's definitely on it's Netflix. On Netflix. Canada. It's on Netflix. Watch that show. It is such a great like comedy short, like a 30-minute a serial comedy series. It's so dang good. Um, but yeah, go watch the movie, come back, and we'll uh, we'll definitely get into it from here on out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's the point. Welcome to the Hotel California, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. I that, had to. 
I did not see that coming at the end. That was or... so fucking funny. Korean karaoke. Let's go. Oh my god, that was so much fun. Look, we'll talk about the entire movie as a whole and all the amazing things we do, but walking in Hotel California with them. I could not stop laughing. It was incredible. I hope Wong shows up in more stuff because holy shit, I I really love Benedict Wong and that character. Dude, Let my head be the entire connective tissue of Phase Four. Let say, yeah, my head everyone together. My head for the future is like in like comic books in New Avengers, like Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum was kind of the meetup for them, and Wong was running everything. That is my headcanon for the future of the MCU, even if it doesn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. Wong is so clearly just supporting the entire superhero community, even Abomination. Yeah. Well, he's one of only two wizards that are still alive, so they can't pay that uh, Cumberbatch well, money. That's not entirely true. We do see at the end of Endgame that they show up with a whole bunch of other wizards, so. No, I, I, I know. It's. <laughs> the joke is that fucking Mads Mikkelsen killed everybody by the end of Oh, Dodge. okay, yeah, that's fair. Because <laughs> you only see those two at the end of that movie. Nah, guys, like the, this was so good. Abomination also, like, looking amazing. Yeah, I'm glad they found fun. a way to bring the character back and make him not look like a CGI mess that he was in the, uh, the Hulk film way back when. <laughs> yeah. Way more comic oh, accurate this teeth. time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess let's just get some of these these other cameos and whatnot out of the way, just so that we can touch on them. Um, were either of you expecting other MCU characters like Bruce and um, Carol to show up? I was never expecting Banner not being Hulk anymore. Yeah, like, not someone want to explain Hulk? that to me? Yeah. <laughs> the okay, so there was an interview with the director, and the director's being real freaking cheeky about it. <laughs> of course, you have to. Wow. Like, you know we could have been a choice. You don't know. I want to know. We need to know. Maybe and they'll we, explain we it in know. She-Hulk because we know Banner is uh, is going to pop back up in that series. Yeah, as is Abomination. Yes. So you know it all comes from. That is true. Yeah. Um, That'll be but fun. no, uh, Brie Larson popping up in this though is should not have been surprising considering that she has worked with uh, Destin Daniel Creighton a ton. <laughs> oh, has she? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so he worked with. Her her on uh short term 12 in 2013 the glass castle in 2017 and just mercy in 2019 oh wow oh they are they are good friends at this point i knew about short term 12 yeah damn yeah that yeah and also it being a cosmic the ten rings being cosmic spoilers Mm mm-hmm well, I mean, yeah, we can like, talk uh, about that because we're 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 diving right into like post credit scene. We always you know, do theorizing this too. at this point. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna run it backwards starting. to forwards. I'm yeah, honestly fine starting with the theory because it's fun. Yeah. I think it's leading to Eternals personally. See, I don't know how it can though because oh. originally Eternals was going to come out before this movie, so I'm wondering if maybe it ties into Kang. Maybe it ties in to I don't know. Moon Knight somehow, Fin Fang Foom is a, technically a space dragon. Maybe they're trying to set up dragon on dragon combat for the next one. I don't know. As opposed to the dragon on dragon like creature combat we got in this one. Oh, yeah, that was a weird yeah. bat dragon thing. The dweller in dragon darkness. versus Cthulhu. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. love that the, the like the 
depictions of the Dweller in Darkness were just straight up Cthulhu. Like, they didn't yeah. even try <laughs> to change it. What is this Lovecraftian nightmare that they got to fight later on in the movie? I hope I see. That thing was terrifying, though. Yeah, it was It was gross oh, yeah. for the whole, all the, what, five minutes it was on screen, if that. <laughs> they dealt with that oh, thing the real slow-mo shot. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk yeah. about before we actually like talk about plot and all that fun stuff is just the freaking music, man. Music like Hotel California was great, but every yeah. song like Marvel is single handedly taking over my workout playlist. <laughs> yeah. Like, between Black Panther, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, this movie. Like I've just been chilling to that credits song ever since I watched the movie. Also, shout out to the, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the um, album art for the uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend album. Yeah, I saved it to my phone just before we started this, actually. It's so good. (laughs) Do you guys have anything you want to bring up before we jump into plots? Ronnie Chang was great. Uh, I love seeing Daily Show comedians pop up in anything, and seeing him pop up here as... Um, Shang-Chi's sister's, like, right-hand man in that fight club they're running. Uh, the the very little time he had on screen, I thought he was really funny, brought a lot of con- uh, comedic relief. And knowing, spoilers for the second dead credit scene, that the Ten Rings will return, we're going to get more of Ronnie Chang in the MCU, and I'm all for it. Which that's yes. a, I guess that's another theory part we can talk about before jumping in. Are they good? Are they bad? What is going on? Find is out it in a Arma Disney Wars. Plus show? Yeah, <laughs> Armor Wars would be the right place for them to pop back up, honestly. If that, they want yeah, to be, does... you know, terrorist organization again. But as we'll get into with the plot, like they kind of lurk in the shadows. They're sort of, I see them playing more role like the, they'll be the MCU equivalent of like the League of Shadows in the DC universe, which they need to figure that shit out because other than already... Liam Neeson in Batman Begins, they haven't really delved into the League very much in live action. Here's, I see so, that though, but also I, mean, I could very much see them actually trying to use the hand again, because like that's who they, that's what they were. They were the equivalent of the League of Shadows. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Hopefully they, you know. I think there's enough love for this movie that we'll see it be probably the Ten Rings for now, and then if they need another criminal organization of the week down the road, maybe it does end up becoming the hand. Or maybe oh God, that's how you the Ten Ring in. evolve into the hand in some way, or yeah, I don't know. Or their It'll be interesting to see what something. they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I would love to see stuff like that. It could. There's so much cool stuff you could do. Um, one more thing to shout out, just because I keep thinking of things to shout out, is uh, Tony Loon in this fucking kills it. His first English-speaking role, even though he's been fluent for years. And he absolutely knocks it out of the park. I'm gonna go. I don't even care about subtitles. I will go and check out a bunch of movies that are in his, you know, his history in cinema, just because he commands such a presence throughout the entirety of this movie. Even when he's off screen, you feel this like sense of dread, knowing he's out there trying to figure out what he's trying to plan. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I also love that they have changed um, Shang Chi's origins to that him being his father. Um, Shang-Chi is an interesting yeah. character in Marvel canon where uh, pretty much everything that this character started out with was hideously problematic. 
<laughs> yeah, very, very stereotypical char- character being the master of Kung Fu in the comics. And I'm I, very glad that they have really retconned his uh, MCU origins and made it into a really compelling family drama wrapped in this amazing um, fight choreography from the Kung Fu perspective. It's just, it's so good. There's, it's the choreography of the fighting in this is amazing whether it's the bus scene them in a car even looks amazing like car chases are something we've seen so many times in just action movies in general nonetheless chase scenes in the mcu i mean like half of black widow was a chase scene (laughs) it was i'd love if this was like wong trying to be like the nick fury equivalent for the agents of Atlas in the MCU. And this all leads into an agents of Atlas team up with like oh, Shang-Chi, cool. Miss Marvel. Maybe they figure out a way to get silk from Sony. Like it could be really cool. Maybe Namor in some fashion. Like it could be really cool. I would. I think Jimmy Woo was involved with them too in the comics. So that would be really cool. What I think might happen is the 10 rings. If they do go good, might be their own, like agents of Wakanda or shield esque organization. I highly recommend checking out the current run of um, Shang-Chi's comic. Because um, I checked it out after watching. And the most hilarious thing is they have their own helicarrier. The Ten Rings have their own helicarrier. Uh, and it's exactly how a helicarrier would work, except it's designed off of a Chinese temple. And it looks so oh. cool. At the same time, it's also bright red. So it does not, it is not hidden. <laughs> I mean, they could do that here, but have it like also incorporate some of like the Wakandan tech or something. Like maybe, maybe Shuri builds it for them, and it can like go invisible and shit. Like their stuff does. Well, the Russians found out how to make a flying air fortress. So I just so am imagining that in the MCU, Atlas, there's just yeah. like a dozen flying air fortresses around that just no <laughs> one knows about. Sure, <laughs> where the heck come from? Well, how'd that get in there? All right, let's start. Let's actually go through this plot because uh, there's a lot to go through with this one. This let's do it. Movie is in 132 minutes runtime, uh, and it does not stop for a second. Uh, it moves, moves, moves. It stopped um, long enough for the jerk in front of me to pull his phone out and text a bunch of people. I was this close to kicking the back of his seat, but I didn't want to ruin the experience for my wife. Look at you, even though that jerk did. <laughs> I just um, I need to go see it again. This movie's so goddamn good. Yeah, directed by uh, Dustin Daniel Critton. Critton? Critton? I don't know. Um, yeah. Starring Simu Liu, Aquafina, Mingu Zhang, Fala Chen, uh, Florian Montanu, Benedict Wan, Michelle Yeo, uh, Tony Liu, and Ben Kingsley is also in this movie. We'll talk spoilers. about Trevor. We're already full spoilers. <laughs> No, I know, I know. Uh, Leave, uh, go watch we'll Hail to the King. Morris. Then we'll come back. We'll talk about Buttface Morris. Um, I love Morris. I'm so disappointed that Disney is shutting down their retail stores in Canada simply because I want a plush of Morris so goddamn bad, but shipping is $30. Get your act together, Disney, and make it easier for Canadians to spend money on all your stuff. A uh, budget of 150 million, and uh, the box office, as we mentioned, the best Labor Day weekend 
opening. Uh, current box office numbers as of recording this are $146.2 million. So they've almost made their money back. Oh, yeah. Um, which no one should be surprised with how good this movie is. Um, this movie opens in, oh my god, a Marvel movie opens subtitled. Yeah. Oh, I, and apparently, if you if you know Mandarin, apparently the the translation for the subtitles in that isn't one-to-one. Like, you can't get tone out of it, and a lot of people who are of Chinese descent or, or know Mandarin... They they are saying that everything that they're hearing from this it, it feels so familiar. It's very much rooted in that, like the not quite traditional, but like the the family dynamics you see a lot in in Western uh, Asian families. It's it's apparently very very good, very very accurate. That is. Yeah, I love that we have this thing where like America does not like subtitles for some reason. Um, <laughs> and to all those people, I say. Up yours. You got to read subtitles. Marvel waited twenty five movies to start with subtitles. You're gonna you're gonna get used to it. You're gonna be okay with it. You're gonna like it because I know I did. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely yeah. love this. It's, um, I mean, it's like reading a beautiful children's story. So just, just play along. Kind of goes south eventually, but yeah. What? Who had the quote of like once people get over the two inch barrier of subtitles? Bong Joon-ho, the guy who directed Parasite, who won, Thank you. Mm-hmm. who won an Academy Award for Parasite. It's such a, it's such a good quote. I'm trying to figure out what like the full quote was, so I don't, you know, absolutely baffle myself. Can you tell that I'm quickly trying to Google as I uh, speak? Once no, you, you overcome the one-inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. Thank from you, Bong Joon-ho. Which is true. Like, I really hope that this is a, a gateway for people to be like, oh, maybe subtitles aren't all that bad. Like I said, I'm going to go look into Tony Lung's, you know, filmography. I still need to watch Parasite. That's one of those that's on my list of like, this needs to be watched, but also I need time, which is hard to find. Um, but yeah, definitely broadens your horizons. Mm-hmm. So this movie starts with us learning the story of um, Zhu and Wu. And the story of the Ten Rings. Uh, no one really knows how he found them. Uh, some say he found them in like a, a cave, like he raided a something to find them. Comic book wise, he found them in an alien spaceship, but that doesn't matter here. Oh um, my god! Okay, so sorry, sorry. I I, I hate to interrupt, but um, about an hour ago, Simu Liu uh, tweeted out me laughing at the other people who thought we'd flop. And it is a stock image of him pointing at a computer screen because he was t- he, a bunch of stock photos of him have resurfaced because he did a bunch of that to, you know, pay off some credit card debt and basically signed away all rights to it. And now these companies that own these <laughs> stock photos are using them in literally everything. Um, so there's this there's been a whole thing going on this weekend in terms of him being in all these stock photos. So just the fact that he's now using one to just, you know, shit on the haters is it's oh so satisfying to see. Which, for what it's worth, by the way, if you're not following Simu Liu on Twitter, you have to. Because this is he is hilarious on Twitter. He's also just a great human being. Like, he does a whole bunch of stuff with, like, work with UNICEF. He's, he's just a good person. Canadians, primarily good people. I'm going to stick to that. Except Unless it is yours. your prime minister. 
Yeah, our prime minister's got his issues, but I mean, you should see the alternatives. Or if you're but the mayor from it. Toronto. Former mayor of Toronto. Sorry. Okay, except former his, mayor. Okay. His brother is now the equivalent of our uh, senator. Or no, governor. Oh, nice. Who's the head of Who's the head of state for you in individual states? It's governor, right? Governor. Yeah, governor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got that right. Yeah. So governor. yeah, our our governor. Our our premier is the brother of the crack smoking ass cancer mayor that Toronto used to have. But that's a story for another day. We're talking that's about another podcast entirely. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I don't know if you saw this, but Simu Liu threw out the first pitch at a baseball game over the weekend. Uh, it was a strike, and then he did a freaking backflip on the mound because he's a beautiful human being. <laughs> I am so jealous oh, of wow. this man. Just his existence. Um, now, so this movie opens. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> no, we won't. I'm going to keep interrupting with going through Simu Liu's uh, Twitter timeline. I will mute you, dang it. Um, you can try. <laughs> oh shoot! I gave you server permissions. Yeah, um, you did. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> so when we, uh, gets the rings, uh, he starts to build an army. He calls them the Ten Rings. It's very on the nose. <laughs> um, and they kind of well, just it translates to the Ten Rings in Chinese. It's very nuanced. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> I'm gonna make jokes a lot and just correct me when I'm wrong. That's um, the plan. His whole thing is he's been conquering kingdoms, toppling governments. He has been there throughout all of history, taking people out, you know, doing what needs to be done to get as much power as they can while staying in the shadows. At some point, uh, something something else to add. The rings somehow make him immortal as well. So he has not aged. Yeah. Which is another another he's thing. He's looking yeah. very he's good for being very thousands old. of years old. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's the point where there's a point later on in the movie where he tells the um old man from Tallow to just like be quiet, young man. And I, yeah, it's never not funny to see something like that. Um, we've gotten those jokes with uh, with Bucky as the Winter Soldier, and it just it hits just as hard here with uh, Tony Lung's delivery. Yeah, Bucky. Um, I, read I read Lord of the Rings when it came, when it came out. out. Okay. This is not um, a Falcon and Winter Soldier podcast, goddammit. Shang-Chi, let's go. 1996, um, when pretty much conquered everything. Uh, he's done everything he's wanted to do. He's turning his attention away from Earth into the mystic, searching for the legendary village Talo, said to harbor mythical beasts, uh, which some of them just look so cool. And some of them are butt-faced Morris, which I love. <laughs> Lots of um, wings. Yeah, he... They travel through this forest, um, but the forest turns out to be magic uh, and fucking murders them um, when we were only barely making it out. Uh, like, seriously, they go flying. Um, that forest does not mess around. Um, now he, classic Chinese labyrinths. He goes searching for the village on foot, eventually running to a vill- the village guardian, Ying Li. Uh, they fight. Li kicks his butt. Um, we learn that Ying Li, uh, they fall in love, and Ying Li is actually the person who's been narrating this the whole time. Uh, this fight scene is freaking gorgeous. Just the choreography of the way uh, Ying Li moves is so cool to me with the wind and when she throws yeah, the hat it was very mortal combat 
the subtle use of what they're referring to as like their mystic arts or magics or whatever you want to call them from the village and explaining that throughout the film is kind of like the, the, the ancestral attachment to this village and to this place. And the fact that in the comics, uh, Shang-Chi has traditionally been a very grounded hero in terms of, you know, just master of Kung Fu knows how to use any weapon he really wants, any martial weapon. And to see, the use of what is very reminiscent of older, older Kung Fu films with the, you know, the wind and, and, and all of that and seeing that become very central to the abilities that uh, the magic provides to the, the members of this Tao Lo community is really, really cool to see. Yeah. It's not to mention um, Ying Li's outfit in this scene. It's, the way it like just blends in with the forest. It's just there's so much thought and care put into this opening fight. And then like it will cut in occasionally showing them like being like, oh, maybe this person is more than they seem. And then they go have a picnic and then fast forward and get married. <laughs> there is a time skip there. Yeah. yeah. The one thing he's not been able to conquer in his thousands of years, the heart. I love cheesy ass lines like that. That's what I'm here for, honestly. If I wasn't made of cheese, I wouldn't be on this <clears> podcast. <throat> oh, um, that was unexpected. I give you a nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carrying on. Um, they yeah, they fall in love. Um, they Ying Li's like, hey, let's live in Talo, but the village says no to Wen Wu because you know he's kind of a uh, bad he's a guy. He's a dick. I mean, genocide. Yeah, like Might here's have the thing. With it. Here's the thing about this movie is like throughout he becomes he's actually not a you know he becomes a better father by the end of this. He's still committed genocide. Yeah, still he's terrible. Yeah, he's a misguided character along the same lines as Thanos because. Yeah. We all know Thanos really did nothing wrong. He's only doing everyone a favor, right? So, I do not have enough time to have that conversation, man. We will. Don't worry. That four and a half. Like, what is the combined runtime of Infinity War and Endgame? I don't want to know. Uh, five and a half hours. Because we will definitely do a seven-hour podcast on those two movies. Don't you worry, Griffin. <laughs> you block out an entire day and a half for that because you're going to need that other half a day to recover. Had jokes on you. We already had of a Endgame episode. Moving on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have Was one that's on both game? movies. Shoot, I got got double feature, baby. Let's go. I got got. Uh, yeah, they fall in love, <laughs> uh, and they have a kid, Shang Chi. Um, then they have another kid, um, Xiao Ling. Um, these two very adorable children, by the way. These two young kids are very cute. Um, they're there. Um, when we abandons the rings, abandons being you know a garbage human being, and it's like I'm gonna be a family man. I'm gonna better myself and raise my children and love my wife to no end. And then he goes grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah, then he goes out for a bit, and uh, some enemies yeah, come the wrong by. Wrong to go grocery shopping. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then some enemies come by and kill Ying Lee. Um, uh, Wu then goes, kills them, yada yada yada. Um, sends Shang out on a Shang on a, out on a mission when he is fourteen. Oh, that's sorry, that's when his training yeah. begins. I'm kind of just bringing all the opening stuff into the beginning in case you couldn't tell. 
Go for it. Um, because it's easier to just rather than to bounce around a bunch, we just go straight. Um, yeah, he trains Shang Chi at this point, uh, teaching him all different fighting styles. Um, him being trained by that terrifying looking trainer, who I don't know if they ever actually got a name. They did because they dropped. Oh, let me see if I can find it. They tweeted out today that you can now. Uh, Disneyland Shang-Chi. Death Dealer? You, 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 yeah, Death Dealer sounds right, because you can now, like, they're now oh. in the park. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, they were wearing a Kabuki mask, so I thought it'd be Kabuki Warrior or something, but... Here, comicbook.com is usually pretty accurate on this stuff. Do-do-do-do-do-do. I'm vamping, trying to figure out what nah, this is. Kabuki's a different... Is. Kabuki is a character in Marvel. Death Dealer. Oh, the, okay. the, That's the, the character yeah. is the Death Dealer, yes. The Death Dealer. What a name. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, Betrayed by Death. Is that rooted in comics, too? I have no idea, man. Uh, It looks like it. I've never read a comic book in my life. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) No, it looks looks like a a character by the name of Lee Ching Lin uh, is an agent who, an MI6 agent secretly working for Fu Manchu. And I wish I was making this up. (sighs) Yeah, that was um... marvel.fandom.com. Uh, took on the mantle or the alias Death Dealer and has come to arms or come to come to blows with Shang Chi in the comics. Mm-hmm. So I was just not saying it earlier, but yeah, Fu Manchu was originally the name of Shang Chi's father. Oh, um, oh. So you know how I said it was like hideous. I said it was hideously problematic. It was hideously problematic. Yeah, they they retcon that the his father's name in the comic is is uh, Zheng Zhu, which I'm definitely butchering, so I apologize. But yeah, not uh, not a good look for Marvel to bring that into the 21st century. So I'm glad that they did something different. Same. Um, yes. So yeah, the Death Dealer trains him. Um, he's kind of a jerk. Uh, he has to punch a wooden pole a lot. Um, as we were leaving the theater, I went and saw this with my little brother, and he has decided to now install a wooden pole in his room. So we'll see how that goes. I am not expecting it to go well. Definitely will not uh, indent like that. If you try and no, it will not. I mean, over, you know, tens of years, maybe, but not... Uh, it's the thing, he's about to graduate high school. Like, he's leaving soon. It's a waste of space and money. And Well, just tell him to get a portable one. I told yeah, him to I just, say, I, just take it with him. What I told him to do was get like a punching bag or something that he could take with him, something that a normal oh. person would buy. Get the, get the person one. Oh my the god! It's yes. just like a torso and a head. <laughs> um, yeah. Sean goes out on a mission though to, to on VH uh, fourteen. Uh, we don't know what it is at the very beginning, but it's so clearly obvious that he's being sent to take out the people that killed his mom. Um, yep. at which point we, um, fast forward to the now with, um, Shang-Chi waking up in San Francisco in his crappy little apartment, you know, Garage putting on, a- well, no, no, we don't know it's crappy because we see this whole scene of this guy getting out of a real fancy BMW dressed real spiffy after he's like it's... putting his fancy shirt and stuff on. Yeah. And it's some other guy yeah. and he's actually a valet. He's a valet with his best friend, Katie played by Aquafina. Um, Aquafina. how do you guys feel about Aquafina? Uh, I think they toned her down for this movie to get a PG thirteen rating. Um, but I mean, like, they toned her down for Raya as well. Then, to that extent, yeah. 
I didn't, I didn't see Raya. Well, um, <laughs> I like her so much more when she's toned down. Like, I don't know if that's just me, but her in this I movie mean, was so good. I don't know her yeah, for much outside of this Crazy Rich Asians and, and Raya, but I've enjoyed her when she's she's been on screen. But other people have like had issues with her performance and in stuff. And I can I can understand yeah. where they can have that feeling where it can be a little harsh or a little grating. But I think her comedic timing's great. I think what she brought to this movie was a real fun like comedic relief to play off of Simu's history and comedy to, to give it a little more levity on what is a very dour plot. Really. If you think about it, the family drama and chasing voices in your head and, and all of that. So yeah, this movie can get um, yeah. depressing at times. Um, uh-huh. We won't think about that yet though. Um, they're, they're working as a valet. This guy comes up fancy looking car. Uh, Katie immediately steals the keys and they're going for a joyride. She's asking um, Shung Wei, or Sean, he's being called Sean here, um, where have I ever steered you wrong? And immediately it's just chaos in this car. Um, she has this really fun quote, too. She like tries to convince him to go with him because of something to do with her being a fan of Jeff Gordon and Jeff Gordon being the winningest NASCAR driver in, in history, which is also not true. So not only did she use that to convince him to go with her, but it's absolutely her talking out of her ass, which I really love. Um, we immediately smash cut to uh, them at a bar, hanging out with a couple of their friends. Um, one of them from their time in high school, the other being her fiance, I think possibly boyfriend. It really doesn't matter. Some a kind couple. of lover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship there. Uh, also, this bar just looks really cool. Just saying. Yeah, San Francisco bar scene, pretty nice. Not yeah. gonna lie. Um, they're talking and basically being like, "Oh, you're boring now, friend." And she's like, "Well, I grew up. Maybe you should." Dropping that zinger at them. Uh, they're like, "Nah, we don't need to." This gets a little real for a why, second. Why would we do that? <laughs> Well, it's worse, too, because then it cuts to, I think it's um, Aquafina's parents' house, where they're doing the same thing of like, oh, when are you guys going to get married? Oh, when are you going to get a real job? And oh, my God, that I, yeah, but I know before that, it's home for so many people. Sorry, But before that, we get karaoke. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Can I have to get karaoke? Oh, uh, yeah. They're like, we could be responsible to go. They have an early shift. Nah, they or... go to karaoke night and get drunk and fall asleep at the karaoke bar. And what was this? It was a Disney song, I think, that they were singing, too. Right? They were singing um, A Whole New World. A Whole New World, yeah. Which, <laughs> If that isn't a go-to karaoke song for every couple ever, you're missing out. Because it's so fun. Yeah, they had, a, they had a few different songs that they sang karaoke for. Yeah. That's just the um, one that I yeah. remember, specifically. I remember Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Old Town Road, yeah. Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Which is a karaoke, oh, yeah, right. you know. That's a that's a karaoke showcase. Everyone does. Oh, and um, uh, don't stop believing was in there. Another that's karaoke right. uh, of cliche. Course, of course. Yeah. Um. It, either way, this is ab- the scene was absolutely hilarious. Um, they wake up the next morning. We actually see um Sean's apartment. It's yeah, it's a garage. It's kind of crappy, but at the same time, kind of homey. Um, he has this letter with a origami dragon on it, uh, the same kind of dragon that 
um, he was making origami with with his mom at the beginning of this film, the dragon that she referred to as the Great Protector, the source of their power and what protected them initially from the Dweller in Darkness. Um, He puts it away, though, and walks off. Um, This scene of, like, everything opening up to the music was so cool. Just great editing here. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes and visits Katie's house. We see her family. Her little brother's supposed to help open the shop. Um, Clearly, she is the disappointment. There's some great sibling dynamics going on in this scene, too, as well. I love the... um... The idea of not having your driver's license in San Francisco. As someone who grew up in a city that also has very good public transit and didn't get my license until I was like in my 20s. That hit home for me of like, everyone's like, why don't you get your license? Why don't you get your license? I don't really need it. And then you grow up and kind of do, which is sucky, but whatever. Yeah. But that yep. thing <laughs> that Aquafina has is so good. Of, oh, thanks for being a jerk. Maybe one day you'll get your license and grow up to be like me. Exactly. Uh, it's like, it's those moments where it's like, oh yeah, that's something that I would say to my little brother where I know that they yeah. nailed it. Um, they're getting on, they get on the bus and go off to work. Um, Sean clearly playing something on his phone. I want to know what it was. I want a headcanon for what he was playing until then. I'm going to assume he was playing. I don't know. I don't know of any mobile games that you play sideways on your phone. If anyone listening, go battle Royale. If anyone listening has a Twitter account, you should, and you should go follow at D plus us on Twitter, but do tweet at Simu Liu and tag us in it asking what game he was playing because i'm sure he'll answer at least one of us there's yeah. power in numbers please everybody all please. I ask. everybody we need to we need to know we need and to if know. the answer is fortnite i'm gonna be sad no you're not because he was probably <laughs> playing as himself so it's fine <laughs> okay I do this is a future when you play this, as yourself if you were a, visit, a video game character yeah oh i would i mm. absolutely would Right, Griffin 1, for Fortnite, got it. But also, I yeah. make games, so it's not a fair question to ask me. Also true. Uh, so in this future, they Fortnite is still on mobile because the snap happens, so they never brought antitrust issues against Apple. Yeah. Maybe, but we, uh, we do know Fortnite exists in the MCU thanks to, uh, what was it, uh, New Lord uh, or Borg. no, what is it? Yeah, Korg and was what was the name of the character? Mm, the new know. Master sixty nine, something like that. Something like that. That sounds right. Yeah, it was, it was a you know your standard <laughs> gamer joke. Exactly. But it was so good. Um, back to this movie's gamer jokes, though. Yeah, back to this movie. Um, they're hanging out in the bus. Um, Aquavina is talking about uh, this other person on the bus who is literally writing a research paper. Which, like, props to you. I feel that sometimes. Um, being like, this is the person my mom always wish I had. And that's when this guy shows up and is like, hey, Sean, dude, give me that thing around your neck. He's wearing a pendant from his mom. Um, yes. <laughs> Thank God they clarified sure. that before they got to this scene. Otherwise, that would have been very confusing. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Um, also, I see, I see the gripes. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, he attacks um, Sean being kind of, you know, he's not fighting back quite yet. He's, you know, making sure they don't take the pendant. Um, one of the guys that, yeah. one of the three guys attacks him, hits um, 
Katie into the wall of the bus, and that's where Shaw just says, fuck it, and uh, beats the ever-living crap out of them. Yeah. After this already establishing the... that he was picked on and bullied in school, so he definitely was suppressing, like, who he was in school and has now gotten to a point where, no, he's not going to take it anymore and really does, uh, <laughs> he does the thing. I love that it's yeah. not him getting hit that sets him off. It's Katie getting hit that sets Katie, him off. Because yeah. even, like, the mom in that scene where, where Sean's at, at Katie's family's place. And also, just shout out to her family running a store, like, living in the apartment above their store, because that's exactly the premise behind Kim's convenience of the Kim family lives above a convenience store in Toronto and they all work at the store except for um, Simu Liu's character. Cause there's a whole rift between the dad and him and it's really good. Go watch Kim's convenience. If you learned anything from this episode of the show, <laughs> please just watch Kim's convenience. It's really, really Kim good. Convenience is the prequel to Shang-Chi everybody. Here's the thing. I love this show too, but I clearly do not love it as much as Mitch loves this show. Oh my God. I've driven past the convenience store that they use as the front to this, to this show. It, it, it just hits differently when it's in your own backyard, you know? Yeah, I get that. I get that. Oh, that's, that's like my friend who lives in San Francisco in the convenience store. <laughs> the venom. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you almost didn't get that out and I was concerned for a second there. Oh, uh, that movie okay. sucks. Um, Anyways. bus fight scene. Bus fight scene. The um, dude yeah. recording it on his phone. Like, I took I took karate as a kid, so I'm gonna rate this fight. It just <laughs> kills me. This fight? I am so happy that we did not have to hear any more of that. But it was so good to just get the the couple of lines we did get from him. Dude, the uh, every time I've tried to get red, every time I've tried to drive a bus, I get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> like this dude is so good. I hope he keeps popping up because his one liners are hilarious. Because he oh, is. Can he be the new Stanley? I feel like if we're gonna get anyone to you know fill the cameo role that Stanley had, it would be someone like Deadpool. Do we need the cameos, though? <gasps> no. I just think Deadpool would be fun cameos to harken back to the old days when Deadpool would just cameo on random stuff. But would you want it to be Deadpool or just have Ryan Reynolds just be in every movie? Doesn't have a line or say anything. He's just kind of there in the background. And it's kind of like a Where's Waldo? Because I loved the Stanley cameos. But at a certain point, they did kind of disrupt the flow of a few of those scenes. And... It was great to have him while Stan was with us, and now I feel like it it should be if if it's if they're going to do it again, I don't see how they can do that without it feeling disrespectful to Stan's legacy. So just leave it with him and let's just move on and enjoy the rest of this movie. Yeah. I think the only reason I think that I ever talk about this is because I think enough people want cameos again in these movies where they will eventually start doing cameos again. But I just do, we need, that, you know, do we need those or do we like getting Brie Larson and um, Mark Ruffalo to pop up in an end credit scene or Wong I like that so much the movie. like that is so much better because you can weave it into yeah. the plot in a way that makes sense with Wong and Abomination staging a fight at this fight club and things like that. Like it just I feel like that plays off better than having to feel like a cameo needs to be there just for the sake of having it as opposed to making a way for other with the MCU being as large as it is now, make it make sense for these characters to interact in the movie in some way, because that's what comics are. <laughs> yeah. I'm in total agreement with you. I just think also I'm thinking of it in terms of 
are they going to be able to bring everyone on every time? What are they going to do? There's just, you know, a, often in movies like this, they will pick whatever cheapest. Um, in this case, like I'm sure uh, Mark and Brie Larson being there was just favors. Like I'm, I'm sure there's more well, that goes into this than we realized. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. I'm, and, I'm concerned yeah. that they're just going to go for the cheapest route and not something. the best route. No. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, they're both currently shooting something for the MCU, so they just probably did it in between takes of another uh, shoot. So, which holy crap! I'm even more excited for uh, the Marvels now. Did you guys hear the news? No, no. We're getting uh, there was another casting decision for Marvels. Oh, I saw the person. I don't know. I didn't read about it though. Uh, oh, Park Seo Park Seo Joon. Yeah, yeah. Which people are theorizing right now that he could play Amadeus Cho. Yeah, that was the rumor, and that also would, you know, add credence to that Agents of Atlas rumor that our or rumor that I'm starting right here on the show. Uh of that being something else you're trying to set up in the within the MCU because I don't see them going back to a like a core Avengers team up style film for a very long time. But we're seeing the Marvels. We're seeing the inklings of Dark Avengers or um, Thunderbolts, whatever it ends up being. We're seeing inklings now of, you know, Agents of Sword or some sort of space cosmic presence. And, you know, Amadeus Cho being in that movie just kind of adds to Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel and Jimmy Woo and some of these other characters that have been popping up throughout the MCU. And these smaller, more targeted team up shows or movies or whatever they end up being could do a really good job of filling the gap uh-huh. until the next major cosmic event, which maybe it's Kang. Maybe they hold that for something to do with the fantastic four. Maybe it's, you know, silver surfer, silver surfer Galactus, which they better do better than the fantastic four did when it was with, uh, with Fox, but okay. It's so easy to do better than that. You mean to do you better than add CG and a cloud. Exactly. Yeah. Do cloud. What about cloud? Hey, have you guys thought about a cloud? I thought about Cloud Strife. Final <gasps> Fantasy VII Remake was my game of the year last year. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's my game of the year this year. <laughs> okay, I'm bringing us back. I'm bringing us back. I'm bringing us back. My <laughs> game of the year this year is pro- no. Is Avengers. Is Yuffie? There we go. That's how no, we're bringing it back. No. Uh, War for Wakanda. DLC. It's, it's Sonic Colors. Everybody stop talking. It's Sonic Colors. Everybody shut up. I just beat that game. It'll definitely be Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's move on. Oh. <gasps> October. I forgot about that game. Are we done? <laughs> Probably no, not, but no, continue. But let's move on. <laughs> I've just given up. All right. Anyways, um, what, what about they the fight? Bus? What happened on the bus? Yeah, the, we're still at the freaking we're bus scene. Oh, God. <laughs> we need to stop derailing. Okay. Never. Unlike this bus, which gets derailed when it gets chopped in half. Um, yeah, they fight. Uh, eventually, this very, very big Romanian guy... Uh, Takes off his jacket very menacingly from the back, looking really dumb. And then he pulls out a freaking sword out of his fist. And uh, it's a razor, actually. This man's named Razor Fist. <laughs> Which, of course, a man named Razor Fist would throw his name all over the side of his car. But we'll get to that in a bit. Which now I want a yeah. buddy cop movie between Razor Fist and Taser Face. Uh, fun fact, the Ooh. actor who played Razor Fist, uh, Florian... I had it. Montanu. Uh, Florian Mon- 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 Montanu is going to play uh, b- 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 Krieg in the Borderlands film. 
Oh, shit. Oh, that makes sense. That oh, makes this sense, was the right? guy that played the son of Drago in Creed yes. 2. I did not see that. Oh, but was yes. it? Victor yeah. Drago, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's where I know him. Either so, way, the name Razorface is so dumb. Um, like I, when we saw this trailer in um, the commercials, I was convinced that this was going to be the Grim Reaper. That we were finally going to get Grim Reaper in the MCU. No, it's Razorface. <laughs> Anyways, he, um, they fight. Um, Sean's all over the place. You know, he's in the boat. He's in the bus. He's out of the bus. He's on one side of the bus. He's on the other side of the bus. Everything is cool. Everything is awesome. At some point, the bus driver gets knocked out. Katie takes the wheel. Um, they fight, eventually getting everyone onto the front end of the bus, chopping the bus in half, uh, escaping Razor Fist and the other members of the Ten Rings. But he does lose his pendant. Um, at one point in the fight, though, uh, Razor Fist does say that he and that Shang Chi and his sister deserve what is coming for them so um sean is insistent on whoop time to go to macau uh that's where this letter was from that's where he's gonna go uh katie's like what the hell man what is going on and honestly i can't blame her for it um she gets to the point though where she's like okay look clearly you're going through some shit you're not going alone and I respect her decision and just the utter chaos she has to endure because of that decision. That, um, this airplane scene that they have here where he explains that he changed his name from Shang Chung to Sean and the whole idea behind that and him giving her all the backstory on this flight is just, it's reminiscent to me of the stories that um, Luis would tell in Ant-Man of just, there's so much preposterousness to it that it shouldn't work but it still does because of their both uh simu liu and aquafina's comedic background it's so good not to mention the um airplane attendant in this scene yep the yeah i feel bad for the attendant chicken beef or or vegetarian (laughs) that bit went on way longer than it needed to so i i thought it was a little overplayed but it still worked but it, it didn't need to be it either didn't need to be there or didn't need to be that long. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was fine, but yeah, it does does go on for a little too long. Um yeah, he tells her though her whole backstory and they end up in Macau. Um at this like construction site where uh that's where the letter had come from. Uh they go in, uh Shang Chi signs a waiver for it. <laughs> They make not, they make great jokes about how the elevator is definitely not safe. Uh, just yeah, foreshadowing the fight we get in a bit, which is probably yeah. the coolest thing in the whole damn movie. Right. Um, we get in there and immediately they run into um, I don't remember this character's name. Um, John 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 John. Thank you. Who I have just, to remember Ron, Ronnie Chang absolutely killed it. Uh, John John, who has one of the best outfits in this entire movie. Uh, that jacket. Oh, my God. A hair, dude. Like, a whole, all of the costume design and the coloring and the palettes they chose for the different characters in the different locations, especially, like, we'll talk about it even more once we get to Talo. Just the, the art direction in this movie is just out of this world. Like, Marvel continues to raise the bar when it comes to the way these sets are designed and dressed and outfits like if i would love oh, to yeah. see this get up get nominated for some of the technical awards at the oscars because 
it absolutely shines when it comes to like the way the colors pop in these scenes and especially here and especially in the tallow stuff we get later in the film. Yeah. And that place looks so dirty. Like it feels authentic. Dirty, but also vibrant at the same time. It was, it was impressive. Um, They walk through that. This is a, it's a fight club. Um, So they're going through the fight club uh, and John Jones kind of breaking it down for him being like, okay, look, here's the deal. Um, you're big time. Like you, everyone knows who you are right now because of the bus fight. You're straight to the top of the he, list. He, I love that his superhero name for them when he went viral is Bus Boy, and he just gets introduced as Bus Boy through this entire scene. It's it's so stupid, but the way like they got the right actors for this because the comedic timing throughout is just it's on point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a hilarious joke here where Katie tells someone, "I like your spike face." It gets a thank you and rip that back. I just thought that was funny. Well, oh, we also yeah. see uh, an extremist fighter, which so, yeah, I didn't see that. Girl. Fighting one and of the widow. Black Widows. Yeah. Which is um, what? Shu, who is in the in the other Black in Black Widow film, um, is a Black Widow named Helen. Uh, and in this film, she is credited as Widow. Yep. Um, so the widows are out there. So we've got the widows, the ten rings. We're doing fight so clubs. many. There's so many shadow groups now. <laughs> Come into a fight club near you, the widows. Um, seriously, like seeing these fights though was just such an awesome setup to then seeing Abomination and Wong going at it. Uh, um, I I love this whole dynamic of like Wong is just. Being like, oh no, you're supposed to pull your punches. You're not going to. Okay, I'm going to make you punch yourself. Which I, I was worried he was just going to cut off his hand, like we saw in Infinity War with, uh, with uh, whatever that Black Order member's name was, because there's so many of them, I can't keep names straight. But uh, yeah, that that whole fight and just seeing the Abomination back and looking better than ever is just—it's so good for the MCU because it gives like. The problem I've always had with Mark Ruffalo's banner is he's always just felt like a side character. He doesn't really have much backstory because people tend to try and forget what happened in that Incredible Hulk film. But this past week or no. Yeah, this past week two was the ago. episode of What If? No, What If? Um, yeah, it was where two weeks we, ago. Was, what was? Oh, yeah, because we got Doctor Strange this week. You're right. Thank you. Yep. Um, but just seeing him in those scenes and feeling more involved with the the Hulk backstory and seeing the abomination here and banner at the end of the film, it feels like they're building this back up in a way of like, yeah, universal can own the rights to whatever it is they own the rights to when it comes to this character. But Marvel's continuing to push that envelope and trying to make this character feel more important to the wider MCU, which I really appreciate. I also love the setting up for Wong as well. Like, Wong is this amazing character that ha- is the heart and soul of Marvel and is known by every comics hero in Marvel Comics. They're setting that up in the MCU as well, and I love seeing that. It also kind of is that point of, like, we mentioned at the beginning there, like, Shang-Chi has always kind of been, like, a straight-level hero. Like, he is someone who's associated with the Defenders, Heroes for Hire, Spider-Man. Like, he literally trains Spider-Man. Um, which is so cool to me. I hope we actually see that in a MCU canon. That'd be cool. And I'd um, love to see some universe in which like Shang-Chi and Taskmaster 
are like they start like a dojo or something and they train people together like i think that could be really fun way to throw them into the stories of other characters while still having like some form of their own like thing their own dynamic i think could be pretty cool oh my god we get um shang chi's dojo versus uh taskmaster's school for mercenary so you basically just want Cobra Kai, but in the MCU with Shang-Chi and Taskmaster is what I'm and hearing. And like on a global domination scale. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. I also I mean, just want more Disney Cobra Kai. I can't in 2024. <laughs> yeah, this is a, we, we've nailed the next, uh, oh. the next show. Marvel, hit us That's up. Like, we're happy show. to help consult or write or direct or star. You just let us I know. Have I'll drop everything. Or just be in the background of something and not say anything. Just be there, like <laughs> have no credits at all whatsoever. Anyways, um, they go up to their fight. Um, he goes gets ready. For some reason, John John has him take his shirt off. It is never explained why. <laughs> what I mean, the reason shirt? is because he has that six pack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the reason is because he worked out so hard and he's like, I'm going to show my body. Which I love when Aquafina does the double take. Mm-hmm. Well, I it's love hilarious. that there, there was another thing. I can't remember. I think it was TikTok where I saw it of uh, Simu Liu was being interviewed and they were asking him to name the, the character or actor based on their abs. And he eventually just gets to that shot of, of Shang-Chi not wearing a shirt. He's like, oh, that's the best looking uh, six pack I've ever seen in the MCU. That's definitely me. And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, if you did the work to get into that kind of shape, one, you're an amazing human being. Two, I don't know how I'd ever do that because I need to do weight loss and things. And Here's never the happen. craziest part about it. He put on weight for this movie. I can see it. He was, he was yep. a he was really lean and I, I mean, I'm going to go back to Kim's convenience because Kim's convenience is really freaking good. Um, yeah. He definitely had to put on some muscle for this and it, it shows the work uh, worked. So yeah, because, um, because strong Chi doesn't wear a mask. Um, Simu had actually had to do most of his own stunts. Um, which also, he just seems like the kind of actor that would want to do his own stunts anyways. Um, yeah, he put on 10 pounds of muscle for the role. He also became knowledgeable, or he was, yeah, he was knowledgeable in Taekwondo, gymnastics, and Wing Chun, um, and then learned Tai Chi, Wushu, Mai Tai, Krav Maga, Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, street fighting, and let me see how to pronounce this last one so I don't mess it up, and Salat. Um, capoeira. He put in the work. <laughs> Like, oh my god, did he put in the work? Yes. Um, anyways, he goes into his fight, uh, and who shows up but Shaoling. That's right, his sister. His sister. Um, Shang-Chi refuses to fight, so Shaoling kicks his ass. <laughs> um, we get a flashback here to um, right before Shang was going to uh, leave for his mission, saying he'd be back in three days. He was not back in three days. Um, Charling turns out had been training by herself this entire time, like, and eventually ran away to start her own empire. She has a line at some point, I forget when, um, if, since my father would not let me into his empire, I made my own, which is just dope. I also love the camaraderie between her and Katie right off the bat. <laughs> just instant respect. You gotta love it. Yeah. 
and it just it just goes again like back to the the they cast the perfect actors for all of these roles because just their timing and their their banter back and forth is just so good. I don't know how much was ad libbed or scripted, but it's just it's so good. Go see the. I mean, you're at this point you've seen this movie, but get go other see people to go see, see this again. movie. No, only see it again if you're comfortable going to the theater and having that experience. Otherwise, wait till October and it to come to Disney October Plus. October but... seventeenth. Oh man, I can't wait. So I've been trying to figure out when to go with my mom and sister because I told them after I saw it that I would go with them. And they're both a little hesitant returning to the theater, which I totally understand. Uh, theaters in Canada are going to, or at least in Ontario, which is where I am, are going to have some, like the province is in implementing a sort of vaccine certificate system where non-essential businesses will have to check. So after that point, maybe there'll be more open to the idea of going to the theater, but also when I tell them mid-October, they might just wait from, I think it's the 22nd of September uh, to the middle of October before before they see it. And either way, whenever it is they see it, I'm going to watch it with them because it's so good. Yeah, it's it's worth watching. And when it comes out properly for Disney+, Plus, I will definitely watch this again. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. I want to keep going through this plot, though, because we are already over an hour on this show. Oh, um so yeah he doesn't fight uh they win they they talk he gives her the postcard turns out she didn't send the postcard uh and they're kind of you know catching up because it's been a long time uh and she's obviously does not trust him because you know he left her uh they realize it was yeah it wasn't her that sent the the uh postcard and that's when the ten rings attack um katie and shang are looking for a way out when they see Zha Ling and john john just like going into this back secret door immediately to the elevator like they're out of there um desperately looking for a way out um shang throws this really cool looking skull thing um through the window and their idea is to go down to the next floor get on the elevator there um i think this is when they get attacked uh and they fight on the side of the building this entire fight is very cool uh, I'm kind of just going to keep moving, though, for the sake of keeping this plot going. Uh, they're fighting. Da, 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 da. Uh, Katie eventually ends up on a pole dang- dangling over the side. Uh, Shang saves her, mostly. Uh, event- ends up dropping her, though. Shang saves her, really, uh, and then joins the fight. Uh, they're beating everyone up, doing pretty well until the Death Dealer shows up. Uh, really creepily climbs down this pole. Like something out of a horror movie. Um, it's like the fourth sequel to The Ring, except it's the Death Dealer. Right. Uh, yoinks the uh, pendant from her and takes off. Uh, Shang makes haste and chases him. Um, just also being absolutely badass getting back into this building. Takes him out, fights him. Um, kind of has this flashback of like just all the pain that this guy has caused to him and absolutely kicks his ass. Uh, just as he's about to actually kill the death dealer though, uh, he gets hit by some rings. That's right. His dad's there. He's like, welcome home, son. He gives him a hug. It's really awkward. And like also weirdly menacing. Yeah. You could cut the tension in this room with a spork. Yeah, it, it was uh, something. That's hot. <laughs> uh, he gives him a hug and welcomes them, all, welcomes them all back. He's like, ha ha, motherfuckers, you're with me now. We're going back 
to the Ten Rings compound, uh, which they do. They go back yep. to the Ten Rings compound. They have dinner, <laughs> which if you thought the tension in that uh, abandoned construction site was rough, you should see, you should see this scene. It is terrifying. Um, when Wu is giving like a whole speech to them, he's like, you know, trying to be a father, I guess. But yeah. well, creepy and scary. In the best way he knows how, which is involves genocide. Right. Um, he's like giving the speech about like what a name means to Katie. And he's like, I've been called um, many names. <laughs> yeah, that that whole the whole idea of him talking through like Western civilization, like adopted my persona to try and scare like implement scare tactics to the US and they crumbled just at the sheer idea of me. Imagine what we could do like together and all this stuff. It's just like, okay, someone was a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I loved all of this, like making Iron Man three even better than it was. Iron Man three is a good movie. Um, It's a great movie. And I think uh, Marvel has done a great job of taking movies. People consider to be less than stellar with, you know, Thor, the dark world, Iron Man two. I think they still need to do some work there. Armor Wars. I'm looking to you for that. Uh, Iron Man three and, and the like, and just making them better films in hindsight, knowing watching those films again, knowing what's coming. Like I rewatched Iron Man three before going to see Shang-Chi. Cause we had the rumors of, uh, of uh, Ben Kingsley, especially after he showed up at the premiere and it, uh, yeah, it did not disappoint. Yeah, it's funny how they'll be like super secretive and like nail the secrets and stuff with um, what's her name in Falcon and Winter Soldier and Black Widow. Uh, Contessa Allegra de Fontaine. Oh, Valentina. Yeah. yeah. Um, like they nail the secretive nature of that, and then in Shang-Chi, like Benedict Wong or not Ben Ben Kingsley's just on the red carpet, like. The back and forth between what they keep secret or what they actively try to keep secret and don't is very interesting to me. Anyways. Um, yeah. They're arguing. Not surprising. Um, and we learn, oh yeah, uh, what we knew where Shung was the entire time. He knew where they both were the entire time. They were ne- they were never, they never got away. He, he always had eyes on them. Um. And he has brought them back because he is hearing the voice of his dead wife calling to her, saying that the village of Talo has taken her captive and sealed her behind a very foreboding gate in the village. So they need to go uh, destroy the village so that they can free her. Um, They're like, dude, you gotta move on. Um, <laughs> she's dead, Dad. You, it's time to move on. Which, you know, is just yeah. Um, they're like, dude. You also you can't go destroy our mom's village for this. Like, bring it back. Bring it back a little bit. Um, I mean, people will do. People have done far worse for love. So, yeah, Thanos wiped out half the universe. Yeah, but that was because he saw a problem and fixed it. What was his saying? It, it was efficient. I mean, it, it was fast and efficient. Yeah, it was. No, it was. Um, oh, it was. Uh, Effective. He had something else. It was like 
It was a like it was a courtesy, but not courtesy. He said something else. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember the line from What If. Uh, I'll I'll look it up. You keep talking. It doesn't matter. Um, It definitely matters. It doesn't. Um, Anyways, the talking. uh, He started to rally the troops. Uh, They're like, "No, you can't do that." That's when he puts them into the prison. They're they're trying to figure out a way out of there. Oh, we also have a line in here of uh, between uh, Xiaoling and um, Katie before they go and meet with him of, you know, just be quiet, nod your head. That's what I did before I got out of here. Because, you know, he just did further illustrate the point that Wen Wu did not care about Xiaoling. Um, and you see that throughout this entire movie that he just does not care about his daughter. And it's really yeah. sad. Um. So yeah, they're there. They hear this weird noises coming from them, and ugh, what to expect? But it is Trevor Slattery. That's right, Ben Kingsley in this movie. Um, we learned that he, you know, he he uh, he got right when in prison. He went straight. He is he got no clean. Clean. Uh, at which point the Ten Rings abducted him and were going to kill him. You know, just when his life is turning out better. Um, at which point he broke into his rendition of Macbeth, uh, and they thought it was funny enough that they let him live, and he essentially became a court jester. Yep. <laughs> which is kind With of his perfect own weird for this dressing character. room, right? His uh, dressing yeah, room, which is cell. a prison cell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, prison cell. Honestly, though, I'm not kidding when I say I love the idea of this character as a court jester. I mean, it definitely makes sense, especially knowing like I did. I went and watched All Hail the King because it got added to Disney Plus just before this movie came out. And it definitely like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. But watching Iron Man 3 and then that and then this movie, the progression of the character makes sense. The accent kind of threw me a little bit because it wasn't quite the same as we got in those first two. But Ben Kingsley makes everything better for the most part. So I was happy to see him come back in this role. I also unabashedly love that he keeps this Liverpool scarf with him all the time. Um, don't like Liverpool, but I appreciate that he he stays a fan through and through throughout this. Yeah, um, we see later later on he's like coaching kids uh, in in Talo, and it's 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 so good. Yeah, um, they're talking basically, being like, "Yeah, yeah, da 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 da," and that's when Morris shows up. Um. Rightful. Oh yeah. Oh and thank then, God! Um, I thought I was going crazy. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, you see him too. Also, at some point in here, Shaling just walked off, just left. She mm-hmm. was just out of there. Um, they're talking. Uh, we learned that Morris uh, grew up is from Tallow, Grew up with their mom. Um, Somehow can only talk to Trevor Slattery and not anyone else. Yeah. Maybe we, it's the drugs. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Well, no, like, the people in Talo could talk to him as well. Okay. So I think it's just Trevor spent enough time with him that, that he knows. Um, okay. And we see a bunch of different, you know, mythological, Chinese mythological creatures there, which we'll get into later when we get there. Oh, um, we will. Um, He's like, oh, my God, they're real. Morris could take, they're like, we have to wait until this path shows up. But Morris could take you there right now. So they're like, okay, well, we can go there now. We just got to figure out a way out of here. And that's when Jolene just comes crashing through the wall. 
like the freaking Kool-Aid man. Um, She just is, she explains to them there is a uh, tunnel system throughout the compound. That's how she got out the first time. If they go through this way, it will take them to the garage. They go to the garage, uh, stealing the keys of all the cars and driving specifically in Razorfist's car. (laughs) Which, yes, has his name all over the sides. But not only on the sides, it also has knives on the hood and the top of the car. Because of course Mm -hmm. it does. This character is so absurdly like I can see a world like we talked about the post credit scene a bit and that um, that the Ten Rings will return. I can see them being some sort of like anti hero group where it's like you kind of root for them, but they're also jerks a lot of the time. Like you don't really know which side they're playing and the way that Razor Fist was was portrayed in the film and John John. um, Maybe less so the Death Dealer, but I'm pretty sure the Death Dealer dies. Spoiler alert if you're at this point. Um, shouldn't matter. Uh, but, oh yeah, he, he dead. Yeah, he gets uh, he gets soul eaten or whatever a little later in the film. Um, but I can see a world in which there's like camaraderie at times, and they're also antagonistic. And I think the actors they cast, knowing that that is a likely future for the Ten Rings organization, perfect. Yeah, it makes me wonder. This is gonna get a little bit comic nerdy. It makes me wonder what the future of the Ten Rings or the Ten Rings is, because the way it goes in the comics is the Ten Rings has a main leader and then like sub leaders, and each of these sub leaders takes on the name of a weapon. Um, so you ha- literally there's a character like called Sister Dagger. It makes me wonder if they'll go down that line of having stuff like that, and because if they do, that would be so cool to me. Yeah, sure, why not? Again, comic book nerdy. Me just being a nerd uh, anyways uh they get in the car they get out of there after a fight scene almost not making it out barely getting the door up in time then slamming the door down on the car behind them um they take off to the forest where um trevor's going into this big spiel about why he loves acting it's because he thought the monkeys in planet of the apes were real <laughs> that they were able to teach those monkeys to ride horses, which inspired him to get into acting. And everyone looks at him with disbelief and bewilderment. And yeah, it's, it's something, I laughed man. for a good two minutes at that. I, I laughed for like a whole two minutes during that movie about him thinking the monkeys were real monkeys. I can't watch that movie the same way now. <laughs> I don't think you're expected to, to be honest. <laughs> And it just um, goes to make Iron Man 3 an even better movie than it already was. Yeah. Now, this scene's funny. I honestly think this joke also goes on a little too long. Just in the lead up to it. But god damn if it's not hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's talking. They're basically being like, dude, when can we go? He's like, oh, right now. Morris says now. Um, so they take off uh, hauling ass through the woods. The woods trying to kill him. They got to stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket. That's all he's going to say. Um, it is driving Katie up the wall. But remember, you got to stay in the pocket. Eventually, in the, they, pocket. the forest comes crashing in on them right before they can make it out, but they come crashing through the trees, uh, making it. Now all they need to do is go through the waterfall, and they're basically there. And they do such the water turning into a portal to Tallow. And immediately we see a bunch of uh, creatures. Um, the first one we see is a phoenix. So before we get there, that portal that forms out of the water just feels so reminiscent of the portals that we see from the 
the sorcerers in uh, in Doctor Strange. I wonder if it's just like another branch of magic, like that it's is water magic. Yeah, it's water magic instead of like air magic. I don't know what you would call the yeah. well laser it's, magic. It's a, I don't know. It's a dimensional portal, so yeah. that could be how portals are made in that dimension, or that's just how Marvel is going to do dimensional portals from now on. Is Different I'm than, curious uh, to see how it, yeah, see, I'd love to see how Stranger Wong react to that magic and what the relationship might be between these different, like, teachings. I think that could be really cool yeah. to explore more of the magical, mystical side of the MCU, and I think we're going to see more of that with uh, knowing we're getting the, the sequel to Doctor Strange and that Wong is probably going to show up in every Marvel movie from this from this point onward, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, I could see this being a situation where, like, similar to Doctor Strange or something like Kan Lun an iron fist where they're like they're technically other dimensions but they're more like pocket dimensions in the actual dimension if that makes sense that yeah. way it works yeah. with the multiverse which is there's a lot to think about there anyways we see a bunch of different mythical creatures uh let me run you through some of them right now um because this is one of my favorite one of my favorite things i got to research after watching this uh <laughs> watching this because mythology and like mythological creatures are something that's so fascinating and cool to me uh let's start off with our boy morris uh he and i'm gonna butcher i'm gonna try my best to say the names here folks uh, if i'm butcher them in any way shape or form i am sorry i'm trying here uh it is a uh daijiang um these creatures are based off of mountain dwelling primordial gods or a, a mountain dwelling oh. primordial god um, they are, they do not have faces. They have six feet and wings and they are adorable. I love these oh. things. They are cute as fuck. I want that plush so bad. Um, next we have like these firebirds. I called it a phoenix. It's not technically a phoenix. Uh, it's a Fang Wong. Um, they, they're, they're pretty much the same thing as a phoenix. Um, fiery birds. Cool. Um, we have these nine-tailed foxes, which I died when I saw these because I was watching this with my little brother and he immediately was like, hey, there's a Pokemon. My wife turned to me and said the exact same goddamn thing. The teenagers behind me said the exact same thing to me. They're like, oh my <laughs> God, it's nine-tails. I can't believe it. It's a little nine-tails. No, it's a, it's a Hulijing. I think I'm saying that right. Which, uh, but yeah. yeah is, which, isn't it like a succubus? Yeah, it is. They could transform into hey, beautiful women, psychic mediums, or promiscuous men, depending on how old the fox is. When they reach a thousand years of age, they ascend to heaven and attain divinity. So at what age would that fox be considered a cougar? Uh, 500. Cool. I don't want, I don't want to figure that out. Uh, and then of the, uh, the least surprising of these is we have the guardian lions. Arcanine represent. Let's go. Let's Look, <laughs> they looked so good. They were these were easily one of my favorites, uh, lion dogs. Uh, and then the last one we have is that weird looking horse, which Trevor Slattery refers to as a weird horse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why is this looking at me? Uh, it is a Keelin. Um, this one is actually pretty old. It's older than the other ones. Um. The only reason I, thing I know is it first appeared in the commentary of Zoo in the in fifth century BC, 
which is a commentary oh, on another historical chronicle. So it's even older than that. Like this legend. So take with that as you will. There's any another mythical creature in this, but we will get to that later. If you've seen the movie, you know what it is. If you've seen the trailer for the movie, you know what it is. If you read H.P. Lovecraft, you know what it is. Yeah. Love, Lovecraft Country should have gotten more than one season. Moving on. Um, so yeah, they can now, but yeah. They have <laughs> all of these mythical creatures. This land is gorgeous, like stunning i think this was shot in australia um yeah because yeah it was the only place open in 2020 to shoot films was australia yeah, they, they started shooting in san francisco and were shut down because of the pandemic and then finished shooting in australia yep. new zealand mm-hmm. right around the same yeah. time as uh thor i think kicked off production right afterwards i think they also yeah. did some shooting in Atlanta before again, COVID shut everything down. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. And, and there's, there's clearly Chinese exterior shots. So mm-hmm. a lot of green um, screen. Yeah. <laughs> not as <laughs> much though. Not as much green screen as you'd expect. I mean, um, the entirety of Talo felt like well, green screen to me, which is funny. Cause even a lot though of that wasn't. was outside. I know. Yeah. Even though that was outside and like, I, I saw the set photos like six months ago of the whole thing. Like it but, did like, not feel green getting out of the me. car. Parts of the final combat definitely were. Oh, that I, was, yeah, sure. but like yeah. they're fighting giant dragons. Yeah. yeah oh my God. It's doubling dragons. Um, streets of rage. Yes. Red eyes, white dragon. So close. Okay. Um, or blue eyes, white dragon. Anyways, uh, we're getting totally off topic here. Um, my red eyes, black dragon, Yugi. They stole it from me. This guy punched me in my fucking nuts and stole my fucking car. Hey, look, it's a blue eyes, white dragon. Why is Kaiba's brother guys, here? Why guys. is he the good one? <laughs> we're already an hour and a half into this show. I need to keep the plot going. No, no, it's time to do. Yugi. I give up. Hey, Yugi, I got that dark magician here for ya. Okay. They're driving into Tallow and they get out of the car. And there are the entire village is there to welcome them except that they're not uh they're telling them to leave <laughs> they're like get out we don't want you here we know what you're here for leave we don't want you um at which point um ying nan shows up like what are you doing like this is my nephew and niece stop being a jerk <laughs> um she talks to them about talum and welcomes them. She also says that Shung looks just like her sister, and it's very sweet and touching. Yeah, um, then all the family dynamics we get from here on out, and even the stuff we got earlier of like the the dinner scene where there's all that tension, and they're just you know all heads down eating. Like all those little touches are just—it's so nice. Any 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 time a film falls back on family, it just like it it tugs at my heartstrings. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a great plot, and it, it is the heart and soul of this movie is family. Um, we learn a little bit more about Tallow here. No, you are not derailing me again. Um, 
<laughs> we learn more about Talo here. They have been... For thousands of years ago, they were attacked by the Dweller in Darkness and its minions. This woodwork, by the way, is beautiful. Um, the village then was saved by a dragon called the Great Protector, that dragon that um, Ying Li had been telling us all about at the beginning of the film. Uh, it sealed off the gate to the Dweller's world, um, saving all of them, as well as giving the town the gift of dragon scales, uh, which are super powerful and can kill the Great Protector's minions, the Soul Eaters, extremely easily. Um, wh- at this point, we also learn that uh, this voice that one movie has been hearing, as we've also heard, heard it too, uh, that he thinks is Lee, is not Lee. It is, in fact, the Dweller in Darkness calling out to him. Um, the Dweller in Darkness will call out to people posing as the thing that they desire most, um, in this case. Yes. It's his grief wanting his wife back. My um, wife. We see some stuff here. They're training. Uh, Katie takes a bunch of arrows and uh, then gets trained how to be an archer for a day. Um, which, man, that teacher just <laughs> has to put up with some shit from her. Um, we get this great scene of, uh, Zhang watching, um, both men and women training and this, uh, in a, a talk with Nan of, this isn't your father's place anymore. All are welcome to train here. And she gives her, like, her weapon. I don't know what it's called, but it's very cool. We see her training with it. Um, and the last training we get is directly between Sheng and uh, Nan. Um, he goes to her being like, my mom was the only person to beat my dad. Tell me how. Uh, and we see him learning more of his mom's, and I guess Nan's as well, his fighting style. Uh, so that, that weapon that we see Ling using is uh, it's referred to as a rope dart, which is a hybrid weapon that's kind of a whip dagger with a weight at the end. Okay, I was literally just going to call it a knife on a rope, so that is probably way better. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this is the reason you have a co-host, to look up the stuff you don't know. Exactly. Well, that and to make jokes. So, and to derail we... me for 30 minutes. Well, I was going to say before we get on, let's let's discuss whether or not the rope dart was more effectively used here or in the other 2021 uh, action film that we got that came out earlier this year, uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. This is definitely the same thing that Scorpion uses. Oh, absolutely. Well, Scorpions is literally in him. That yeah, <laughs> it's inside of him. It's part and then of he puts him. it inside of you. We also well, actually, we also see. Uh, the scorpion in the ultimate Spider-Man animated series that we got a few years ago. He's actually an agent of Kun Lun. Um, and he uses uh, this, a similar this well. uh, rope dart weapon against Iron Fist in that series. Uh, very weird That's to see this. Lin Kuei. What? <laughs> That's Isn't a Mortal Kombat joke. Oh, no, okay. Kun- yeah, I don't know. I yeah, don't Iron know Fist Kombat, is Kun really. Okay. Lin Kuei is the bad guy in <laughs> Mortal Kombat. I think he is, at least. I don't know, man. Don't We've know. also seen him in the Assassin's Creed series. Um, but to answer your original question, it's used so much better here. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Mortal Kombat was not a good Jackie movie. Jackie Chan used one in Shanghai Noon. Um, I'm this weapon is reading still. from Wikipedia. Okay, you're done. I, I love um, when Zay Ling says, get over here. 
you both are done. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're training, getting ready for this fight. Um, oh, yeah. They also uh, went and um, visited their mom's shrine uh, where they got these beautiful looking armor pieces, shirts. I don't actually know what these were. Uh, the people um, behind me said the drip they called it they said oh look he's getting the drip hey they looked awesome so it's it's explained in the film as dragon scale armor and was something that their mother wanted made for them um because i guess they had a way to communicate back and forth and they know they had kids i don't know how interdimensional communication works in this universe but apparently they knew they'd come and it works like a cell phone it's a cell phone sure and uh yeah. yeah it was uh it was, so every Except everything they do a pond everything they were making weapons like all the weapons they're making the stabs the the arrows and everything was all using these dragon scales which they called a gift from the great protector and the outfits as well were made of the same scale material mm-hmm. just like vibranium vibranium yeah, got... versus dragon scales what wins yeah no nah, don't oh, worry in a couple way, of years I... we'll get adamantium and then yeah. it'll be uh, a whole got... new ball game this is a good point I, to remind I, you folks that uh, Marvel has a lot of indestructible materials. <laughs> like, it's a well, problem. Look, they can't just keep bringing people back from the dead. They actually need to pretend like they care. Yeah, they were doing that with the MCU, kind of. Kind of, sort of, not really. Anyways. um, no, They're, just they're getting ready. 20 years too late. They're getting things ready. Uh, and that's when the Ten Rings show up. Uh, they all prepare to fight them. Everyone's standing at the ready. And man, if Shang-Chi isn't the most dramatic fuck in this scene. Everyone's like ready, all looking the same way, holding their staffs the same way. And then there's him standing slightly differently just because he can. Uh, <laughs> I'm making jokes here, but like it was actually something that I was very much laughing at in the theater. Um, I mean, the, the idea of what he's grappling with here, of trying to figure out who he is, is he... You know, is he his mother's son? Is he more like his father and trying to grapple with the idea of like, who is he in this world? Is he who his father made him to be or the person that he wants to be and, or strives to be? Mm-hmm. And that that dichotomy or that that conflict within himself is actually really, really well portrayed, especially in this scene here where we have him talking with uh, with Katie over all this about all this stuff and revealing that he did actually murder his mom's killer and how that created this whole conflict within himself of like who would she want me to be and knowing that he's going to have to come to blows with his father and and prevent him from unleashing the the devil inside or whatever the hell they call it Mm -hmm. the big bad thing at the end the dweller in darkness darkness. that was close that is the most (laughs) kingdom hearts name by the way i mean this is a kingdom hearts ass movie without having Sora, donald and goofy it's disney there's disney all throughout this and there's disney all throughout those games but yeah bringing it back to that conversation Uh, for a second I want to shout out how they did this and specifically Katie's response to it because it is so perfect. It's dude, what happened to you was not good. And like, I understand that and I'm here for you. And like, we don't get that enough in films. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they show up, uh, they start their fighting and, uh, the 10 rings are just kicking their ass. Um, but when Wu just walks right by all of them, um, we see Shang fight some of them. Uh, eventually, 
though getting taken up by a razor fist. Um, Shaoling steps in, though, to kick his butt instead. And he goes off to fight his dad. Uh, his dad, who takes a moment to stop by his dead wife's shrine, which is very nice. Um, they have their confrontation here. Um, it's looking at the beginning like when he's going to win, but Sean quickly turns it around and kicks his ass. Um, like, holy crap. The, the moment when he's, like, hitting the rings away from him with his staff was so cool. Um, it was hot. Yeah. Uh, he has him taken down and has beaten him. Uh, but as he's talking to him, saying, um, even if you could bring our mother back, would she want you? Uh, you know, that kind of pisses off, uh, Wen Wu a little bit, uh, who clearly was holding back. Um, and he just launches him into the, uh, into the lake there. Um, after launching him in the lake, he takes off to go out to the gate and destroy it. Uh, he starts punching it. Um, I love this moment where he moves all the rings over to one fist or to one arm mm-hmm. so that he can get a stronger single punch in. That's really freaking cool to me. Um, he's opening that up and the first soul eater slithers out of that. It's disgusting and ugh. I don't like tentacles, guys. Well... Um, I've got a website for you not to watch. Mm, yeah, yeah, don't, don't Google no. tentacle anything and you're not going to have a good time. Look, this thing, these things were creepy. Um, although it's, it is funny watching the 10 rings try to fight these things. Where they just <laughs> immediately kill off the, uh, the traitor, um, death dealer. The, the death dealer. Yeah. <laughs> He's just out of there. <laughs> they just kill him so damn fast. What? They like try to slice him up and they just they just like turn into goo and start reforming again. It's mm-hmm. it's fucking creepy. But the dragon scales take him out immediately. It's it's so good. They're like, okay, yeah, we will work with you. We will work with you guys. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Um, so everyone's bit is now joining forces, and this is when uh, Katie is finally allowed to join the fight. Uh, her and uh, Jialing run into each other. Neither of them know where Shang is. They, they thought that the other person did know. Well, he's at the bottom of a lake right now. Um, he's kind of just chilling down there. Um, he's, oh yeah, well, he's, he's essentially dead. Um, or pretty damn close to it. At which point, uh, water starts coming, or oxygen starts coming up from the bottom of the lake. Is he's that, having such a cop-out. Such a cop-out, but I, I'm okay with it. Okay, the dragon breathes life back into him is a cop-out. Sure, Yes. Um, he has a flashback here. Intentional, but yeah. This flashback to like the moments before uh, his like his mom's last words to him, uh, kind of comforting him, being like, "You are who you want to be, who you make yourself. You are the best and worst parts of your parents, and all, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you are you." Um, I'm very much paraphrasing at this point. <laughs> yeah, the dragon breathes life back into him, uh, and he comes face to face with this thing. And man, I wish this wasn't spoiled in the trailer. Can you imagine how cool this scene would have been if we didn't know this was coming? 
There's yeah. a little too much of the end here that got shown in the trailers. And I, I want to be able to stay to, to, to restrain myself and not watch literally everything, but I can't. And I really need to. Yeah. I'm at a point right now with like the Spider-Man movie coming up where I don't want to see anything else. Like I might actually force myself to not watch any more trailers. I wish that trailer never came out. Yeah, I wish we just. I, got I really hope we don't get a trailer for Thor. Just don't do it. We don't. You don't need it. Just trailer is thirty seconds. Thor coming this date. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or just some fun music or something. Flashy lights. Like have fun with it. Don't show us anything. It's just, it's just Korg dancing the entire time. That would be perfect, honestly. Or no, Korg and Deadpool doing a recap of the last movie. Ooh, that's really good. Oh. Okay, bring it back. Um, <laughs> they're all fighting these these um, these soul eaters when um, the Great Protector comes barreling out of the water with Shang Chi on its back. Everyone is shocked. Shang Chi can do literally anything at this point. He has ridden a dragon. Um. They're going to fight things, but eventually they call out to t- for him to go take on his father to get him to stop to stop him from destroying the gate. So he takes off and goes and works on that while everyone is fighting there. Um, there's a point where, yeah, Katie goes to run out to battle. Um, she previously wasn't allowed to, saying that she was too new. Uh, at this point, they just give her a don't die. Uh, it's all hands on deck. Everyone's fighting, doing their thing, having a good time, saving each other. Um, they're not all having a good time because at this point okay, when we well, started to release the soul suckers and they're uh, they're doing their thing and that's not great. I kind of glossed over it. That's disco balls ever. There's a hilarious point when they're all like getting set up and ready and they're all standing there looking cool. Where Razor Fist like chops off the handle of the sword to put onto his fist. We yes. also get Trevor uh, presumably dead. And Morris walks up. He's like, no, 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 I'm acting. Now you oh. play dead too. And Morris flips over onto his back and plays dead too. I was, I was in stitches in the theater. <laughs> that was funny. Also, like I laughed so hard when they all lined up before they were going to fight the 10 rings and like just Trevor in the background in costume. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. The humor man in this movie. It's so damn good. Um, so on point. Let's hop over to the other fight for a little bit here. Um, huh. Because cool things are happening. Um, he yeah. confronts his dad and he's like, I wish she was there, but she's not. You have to give this up. Um, they start to fight. And at the beginning of their fight, Shang-Chi does the same opening that his mom does at the beginning of this movie, which I thought was cool. And especially mm-hmm. with the the music cues for it. Oh, it just chills, man. That might be the breeze coming through my window, but I'm going to think, say it's talking about the movie. Um, <laughs> they're going, they're doing their thing. They're fighting. Um, the ring. Eventually he attacks Shung with the rings uh, and he takes them over himself. Uh, he's just as surprised as his dad by this. Um, the energy he gets from the rings is a separate color from his dad's. His is yellow. His dad's is blue. Um, they keep fighting now with the rings. Totally different styles of fighting with them. It's really interesting to see because you can tell that um, Wenwu relies on the rings to fight while Shang is fighting with them as an aid. It's kind of cool. Um, they're fighting, doing this thing. Eventually, 
when Wu throws just all of his rings at him from up in the sky. Big puff of smoke, which you know something badass is about to happen when there's a big puff of smoke. And sure enough, there he is with all ten rings in, under his control, under his power. He's getting ready to blast him to, to Kamehameha into the sun. And then he just throws him on the ground. He's like, it's over. She's not there. His dad's finally coming to grips with that. And then the dweller in darkness comes bursting out of the goddamn gate. Yeah, I just I love the I love the juxtaposition of of Wenwu's fighting style versus Shang Chi's, where he's kind of embraced who he is, both as his father's son of using the rings in a very um very like physical way with him on his arms and all of that. But then also the airiness of the fighting style of the people of Tao Lo and, and how he uses the rings. And like, there's that one shot, which was in the trailer. And I'm so pissed. It was in the trailer where when we use his one arm with rings to block and Shang, uh, Shang Chi comes down to kick the other five rings into that. And it's just, Oh my God. That. It's just, there's so much cool stuff going on here that I need to see it again. And I need to see it at home. So I can just pause and be like, how did they do this? How did they make me care about a character I literally knew nothing about from the comics that they've seemingly made better than the comic equivalent of the character and just done such a great job of introducing him to this huge universe with this very, very intimate story just with him and his people and his background and his family. And it's... Dude! I wish that there was an Oscar for fight choreography. Because there holy shit, be. yeah. this scene. Yeah, there there should be a lot of Oscars that don't exist. This this the action scene movies is aren't so real movies, good. Griffin. Didn't you know that? Look, this is the least of the problems with the Oscars. The Oscars has a lot of issues. The fact that they hate action movies is far far low on the list of the bad shit they do. Uh-huh. Yeah, representation matters. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, so watch let's fix film. that, please, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the Dweller of Darkness comes out. It immediately just yoinks up Wenwu. Um, Wenwu just kind of real good. accepts his death here, <laughs> uh, transfers the rings yep. to Shung, and blip, he, he did. His soul Would- is gone. <laughs> I'm so disappointed because there's such a great character here that is now gone, and they can't unless they go and do like I don't know uh, prequel him. stuff or no, I think prequel stuff or yeah maybe Shang Chi connecting with the magic or I don't know. Um, I'm kind of fine with this character being gone. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of a cop out to consistently keep killing these characters, Marvel. I would have loved a Trevor Trevor Slattery situation of like maybe his sister does still become the the head of the Ten Rings and just keeps her dad there as like an advisor, but he's not really of like he's not there of his own volition or something like that. He's instead of just yeah, he got he got booped by the big old CG monster of the week. Mm -hmm. Do what they did with Zemo, where you know he's there, but he's he's in prison. He's he's still around. And then you constantly ask why he's in this TV show. Hey, there's a good reason for him being in that show. I mean, Shang-Chi mm. does not need the rings. He doesn't need his father's legacy or that burden. So maybe it is. He just goes to prison and he turns the rings over to the U.S. government or something. And Walker. we get a Thunderbolt situation or something. Mm-hmm. Somehow uh, the Contessa Shang-Chi. ends up with a, 
No, I mean, more so like maybe the Contessa <laughs> figures out a way to get those back to him and he just becomes another part of this machine she's putting no. together. But nope, he got yeah. he got booped. They, they find this this like this 28 year old billionaire tech genius and they give him the rings and it's fucking iron fist and the 10 rings. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Cause that was just please, bad. Please fix iron fist yeah. in the MCU. That's all I ask. Or don't just don't include him. We have this fight with the dweller in darkness. Um, yeah. When Lou uh, saves him rings, um, at this point, um, Shaoling has saved the spirit protector from a bunch of soul eaters and is now riding a soul leader. This entire family just, or riding the great protector. This entire family rides the great protector at some point, I swear. Um, it's like an exclusive it's like a, club. It, it, it's like a piggyback ride from the parent that you wanted versus the parent you got. Yeah. Also, that rope dart is not that long. It is no, there's no way that is that long. Anyways, maybe it's magic, magic rope. rope. You don't know magic rope. It's like uh, they that have rope magic. Rings. Anyways, <laughs> they uh, they climb. Shang Chi climbs on the back of the uh, the great protector, and they go off to fight the dweller in darkness, who is just winning. Um, at this, they are fighting, doing their thing. Um, at this point, uh, the dweller in darkness kind of takes hold of the great protector in um kicking its butt uh that tries to pull off Ling from it uh to kill her um but shang chi grabs her last minute using the rings to hold on to her which i thought was cool um at this point as well katie and her mentor trainer guy um are like okay, we need to hit it, aim for its throat, um, but he is immediately killed by a soul eater after saying this. Uh, the character mm-hmm. you're referring to is Master Guangbo. Guangbo, thank you. <laughs> um, they just when they think all hope is lost, an arrow comes and hits him right in the throat. That's right, Katie hit him. Katie did the thing. She's great. You did good, Katie. Um, All right, I'm sure there's a timeline where she missed and the whole world went to shit. What if season what two? If? Hey, we're already getting a we're already getting a Black Widow episode of in season two, so we'll probably get a show episode. Oh, with Lake Bell, nice. Um, she was great. She was. Yeah. I love Lake Bell. Um, they um, at this point yeah. they both get onto the back of the dragon and. Oh, promptly. This is the best scene in the entire fucking sequence in the entire movie. Like after this happens, Zhao Ling is literally like to Shang Chi. She's like, "Go!" And it's a fucking they run off his right, back. Over, yeah, over the shoulder. Well, like over the shoulder, right behind him, and it just shows him running along the the dweller, whatever, just running, and then then starts to like beat him, and then he just gets launched up into the air with the ten rings inside the dweller. It's uh, it's. One of the greatest sequences ever he made. Has the, he has the combined powers of the Ten Rings as well as the power from the Great Protector. Um, so mm-hmm. the Great Protector is bringing up all this water to take him consume this is dweller. The, this is the closest we've gotten to a competent live-action Dragon Ball sequence. Yes, I'm entirely ignoring yeah. the movie that came out because it's you bad. should. But it's also on Disney Plus and we should watch it. 
no. um, that movie's on Disney Plus. Wow, it isn't. It, it is in Canada. A, is that a Disney it's Plus a, proper thing or is that a star thing? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a star thing. Um, oh, either way, star. this is the closest we've gotten to live action Dragon Ball ever, and I'm here for it. Yeah, he this water's all coming up around him. He's using that wind magic, min magic to like bring himself down the rings. It's all super freaking cool. Uh, Wait, this and make, this thing does is this make, uh, Shang Chi an Airbender. Yes. No, this makes okay. Shang Chi the Avatar. Yeah, when he has all the combined powers. Yeah, I can. Aang's see got yeah. nothing on Shang Chi. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna get some hate for that. Korra would kick his ass, but Aang no. <laughs> Hank sucks, but Cora. That's right. I'm doubling down. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're in trouble when this episode comes out. I'm just saying. So tomorrow, um, I also completely agree. I also haven't Twitter. seen Avatar, so I don't care. Fight me. Um, go watch Fight Avatar. Me. Um, um, no, go watch Cora. Easy to watch. Avatar sucks. Watch both. Both. Okay, now those are fighting words. Avatar is amazing. Cora. I'm just, just joking. Also great. Um, anyways, yeah, they absolutely decimate the Dweller in Darkness. Um, they have a ceremony for all of the souls that they lost, um, that fought alongside them. Everyone's there. Um, Xiaoling and Shang-Chi get their final sense off to their parents. Um, immediately after this, we cut to, uh... Sean and Katie. I don't know at this point if he's still going by Sean or Shang-Chi at this point, but who cares? I think he's sh- um, he's Sean. Yeah. They are in San Francisco explaining all of this to the same friends from earlier. She's like, is this is this revenge for what I said last week? Like, I'm sorry, but I stand by it. At which point Wong shows up. Shang-Chi? Uh, I'm looking for Shang-Chi. Yeah, takes him off and that's the credits. But you gotta um, think, like he he's used to all this like magical stuff now that he's been introduced to it. But seeing this random dude that you saw fight a giant kraken lizard thing just pop into the restaurant you're eating at, like that's still got to be pretty jarring for the guy. Also, he's like Wong. I know, big fan. <laughs> and Wong downs their friend's drink. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Oh uh, yeah, so and Kate, Katie's like, we'll, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'll Venmo you. It's just, it's so good. I love what's these Venmo. Yeah. Uh, it's like <sighs> PayPal, but with less restrictions. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we don't have that here. Uh, I was I gonna make an old person joke, but in fact, it's a Canada. Well, that's thing. a Canada <laughs> joke. Okay, we have our own thing that's also really convoluted and stupid. Yeah, Venmo is not convoluted. It's very simple. Hey, Venmo is. Pretty easy. It's almost He's too simple. Know your routing number. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we get our main credit scene where uh, it's the trio talking with Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers. Um, they're basically being like, "Hey, you're Ten Rings. We've never seen anything like this before. It's not in the database of mythical objects that the Sanctum Sanctorum has. Uh, once you first attuned to the rings, we felt it here. Uh, there's emitting some signal. We don't know to to what." Um, Carol just goes running off as she does. It's apparently her thing. I love the Bruce has my number. I don't have her number. (laughs) (laughs) She Um, always does this. I don't understand. Well, he says, tells them welcome to the circus, which I appreciate. I love this this built-in rapport that's already there. 
Yeah, I love how flippant Bruce Banner is about all of this now. Like, he was so stressed when Mark Ruffalo first started in this role, and now he's just like, this is just how it is. Um, maybe it has to do with, to, with whatever Zen he's come to or agreement he's come to with the Hulk. Or maybe the Hulk's gone now. Like, we don't know how he ended up being human-looking again, so or maybe please answer him. that. I was going to say, or maybe it's just because he has friends now. <laughs> yeah, I am curious, though, like, how his friends and i'm sure we will learn that in whenever she hulk comes out um yeah. or we actually heaven forbid get a whole another hulk movie um uh, right of first refusal at this point um uh wong is like look guys i'm sorry but this is your life now you're gonna have to get used to this go home and get some rest or and then they all go sing Hotel California. Welcome to the Hotel California. And that's where we end for copyright reasons. Um, and then we get another post credit scene of Zhao Ling becoming the new leader of the Ten of Rings. Why is it so dope whenever someone sits on a throne in, this, in the MCU? They just Use the backing it. music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the backing music's so good. Uh, and that is finally... Two hours later, the end of this film. You know it yes. was worth it with the derailing and talking about Avatar and Yu-Gi-Oh! and all the other BS we got up to, right? Yugi, you dark magician girl, I jerked off to her last night. Yugi! No, 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 this is family friendly. We try to be family friendly. We try to be family friendly. Yugi, how do I white dragon? I fused my blue eyes white dragon and black eyes red dragon and I made... Uh, purple. Anyways, final <laughs> thoughts. Any final thoughts on this movie? Kill you. I start. can't uh, wait to see more of these characters. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for Simu Liu to show. I hope to God he shows up in a lot more. Um, because that be, he he was very fun in this. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see where the future goes, and uh, hopefully the Ten Rings will come back in Secret Invasion, because that'd be hilarious if that's what it was all leading to. I mean, everything's leading to secret invasion in some way, shape, or form. Um, it is. Yeah, Shang-Chi is easily one of my favorite characters in the MCU now. Uh, this is also one of my favorite films in the MCU, just in general. Like, I loved everything about this. It had its moments where it lulled a little bit, but all in all, I think it was a near-perfect movie. I cannot wait for more of these characters. I just want to watch it again and again and again and again and again. And October cannot come soon enough for me to do that without having to pay $15 per showing. I might go see this again tonight, honestly, after we've talked about it. Yeah, see, it's only 6 o'clock your time. I need to go to bed at some point tonight. Ah, the beauty of the West Coast. Uh, East Coast, East Coast, let's go. As we're wrapping this up, Kale, thank you for coming on, man. Where can people find you? course uh you can find me at twitch.tv slash kaledelrider where i give more hot takes like the legend of Korra is better than avatar and uh you can find me on all socials at kaledelrider awesome everyone go check that out mitch normally i thank you for being my co-host but man i had to deal with you today so i'm not sure i should say thank you <laughs> well i think all of avatar is on netflix at least in canada so i think i will probably watch it at some point but there's just so much other good content to watch like our upcoming uh episode that'll cover the next episode of marvel's what if all about them marvel zombies so shoot do be sure to check that out when that goes up later this week 
Okay, I'm I take good it back. Co-host, God damn I take it. it back. Yeah, you get your thank you. You get your thank you. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, Griffin. It's always a good time oh. getting to chat with you. All things Marvel, Disney, and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, and people can find you at uh, Mr. Mitch George on all the socials: Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, uh, MitchGeorge.com. If there's anything that I didn't just mention uh. that you want to check out, and uh, that'll be, that'll do it for me. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at GriffyDpad, that's G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. Or, more importantly, follow us on Twitter at D plus us for updates on when shows go live, what we're doing, new plans, general shit posting, the whole diggity darn deal. As always, the most important thing here is that y'all had fun. If we have managed to make you smile, have a good time over the last couple hours, then this podcast has done its job, and... The reason that this podcast even exists is for you guys to make everyone stay just a little bit better. I know it works wonders for us. So until next time, have a magical day.